Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast brought to you by Believe Podcast Networks presented by Bet Online AG. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Sports Illustrated beat writer, Skylar Callahan, will be joining us shortly. we got a lot to get to for you uh, this week. Of course, it's NFL Combine Week, so we've got some audio from General Manager Scott Fitter, as well as new head coach Frank Wright in terms of Today's episode is really more about veteran quarterback versus rookie quarterback. Uh, and they had a lot to say on that subject. So we'll get into that, chop that up. Uh, at that point, Skylar should be in. Of course, every episode's open mailbag. So you can definitely come in, show us that uh, that you're paying attention and listening to the show. Shout out to Chris Go- Gosen, if I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I apologize. Uh, Andrew Rumfeld and others who were waiting in line to come in to, uh, to watch the game. Um, we also are going to touch on that as well. Uh, Carolina Panthers founder Jerry Richardson passed away uh, yesterday. Um, of course, Jonathan Stewart, you were uh, a player that was drafted by Jerry Richardson. So we'll get your thoughts on the man himself and uh, what he means to football in the Carolinas. Uh, a bit of a complicated legacy, I guess you could say, uh, towards the end. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that as well. Before we get to all that, though, a quick uh, message from our sponsor over at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NBA, NFL, bowl season to esports, you always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your reward. Bet online where the game starts and where we start, of course, the news that broke yesterday uh, across the Carolinas that uh, former Carolina Panthers founder Jerry Richardson had passed away. Um, The team did not reveal the cause of death. He he was 86 years old. He passed away Wednesday night, Uh, played at Wofford College, 154th player selected in the 1958 NFL draft uh, to the Colts. He was actually. Uh, in the, the greatest game ever played, uh, played in that. Actually, he retired after his second season, though, and then uh, returned back to South Carolina where he started a career in business. You might be familiar with the restaurant Hardee's. Um, he uh, basically started that, built his fortune off of 15 cent hamburgers. And in 1993, he was awarded a franchise by the NFL. He became the first former NFL player to own a team since George Halas or Hallis uh, owned the Bears way back in the day. Um, Richardson sold the team for his principal stake after uh, uh, a workplace misconduct uh, investigation in December of 2017. David Tepper bought it in 2018 for $2.2 million or a billion dollars. Excuse me. That's a big, uh, 
2.2 million and 2.2 billion are two different things completely. Um, under Jerry Richardson, the Panthers reached two Super Bowls and three NFC title games. Uh, we're blessed to have uh, a player with us, Jonathan Stewart, who was drafted by Jerry Richardson, um, that was paid by Jerry Richardson and, and knew this man fairly intimately, I would imagine, being your employer. Give us um, give us an idea of when you heard the news and uh, your thoughts on Jerry Richardson, Stu. Um, yeah, man, I mean – you know, life is, you know, every now and then you're reminded how fragile um, and how delicate and how special life is. Um, no matter how old you are, um, no matter how young you are, uh, when, when when death is, you know, at your front door, um, it's hard to deal with. And, you know, first of all, I want to say my condolences and my prayers to uh, the Richardson family, um, everyone that's, you know, connected, um, you know, very deeply. Um, and, and, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's a celebration that obviously needs to be had about this man's life and what he means to the Carolinas. But, you know, for me, <laughs> it's simply he took a chance on me. You know, um, you know, he took a chance on a kid from the Northwest, um, a kid that was injured coming out of college. So, I mean, the certainty there um, didn't, you know, flag and wave. Oh, this is the best selection <laughs> in the draft. So this is it's an obvious yes. Um but, you know, it, it's always a good feeling when you have someone of that stature and um, of that experience in this profession to see something in you, um, to believe in you, and to ultimately trust in you. Um, that's what really, you know, this game is about is, you know, getting guys um, on a team that you that you trust and that you see potential in and so that way they can give you um, you know, a, a performance, um, on the field, you know, for the fans and, and for the community and for the state, for the city, um, and for the NFL, ultimately, um, you know, put on the best product. Um, you know, Jared Richardson, I mean, he walks into a room, remember a lot of times he would just, you would never know when he comes. It's kind of unannounced, but, he would he would show his presence in the locker room um, quite you know you know frequently, um, and you know a man that wasn't really a rah rah guy or hey look at me guy you know he wore his suits um, every time you seen him he had a, a a clean you know shaven face and always put together uh, with a nice haircut. Um, and, every, and so when you see Mr. Richardson, you see a professional, um, he meant business. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's the founder of not just the NFL team. Um, you know, but he's a, he's a founder of a team that is really a vehicle, a vehicle that, you know, facilitates, um, you know, the, the movement for men and women to seek out their dreams and their aspirations um, to their careers, to the sports world, and and to the sports community, um, training staff, 
coaching staff, players all alike. Um, you know, the business side of football, you know, there's, there's people that, you know, go through high school and go through college and say, man, I want to be in sports because um, there's something special about the sports community. It brings people together, um, you know, keeps people dreaming. It keeps people looking forward to something, um, you know, that that's bigger than them. Um, you, know, you know, to be a founder, you're really an originator. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, he initiates, he's initiated the start of many chapters for many people's lives. And so, I mean, you can go on and on and talk about what this man means to Carolina, um, but he really means a, like a, a people owe Mr. Richardson, um, you know, more than just a couple of words. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, he's done a lot for this community. He's done a lot for South Carolina and North Carolina, bringing um, the Panthers um, here. Um, and I mean, obviously for me, simply put, I wouldn't be here today without Mr. Richardson. You know, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't have two kids. I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't have played in the NFL for 10 years. I, you know, who knows, you know what I'm saying? Like where I would have been if I got drafted, drafted somewhere else. Um, you know, I have, I was plagued throughout my career um, ups and downs with a lot of injuries and, you know, for him being an owner that understands the, the game and understands injuries and understands, um, what it takes to build a, an organization, um, like the one that we had, you know, he saw something in me, he bet on me, um, you know, and, and, and that at the end of the day, that just feels good. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a confidence builder to make you feel like you can accomplish anything. And so shout out to Mr. Richardson, rest in peace. Um, truly missed, um, you know, yesterday when I heard the news, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was sad, you know, and kind of went through my day kind of floating a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, shared with my wife and, you know, my wife is, you know, um, has some uh, connections there with some of his grandkids. Um, she went to Wofford College, so uh, you know this is affecting the whole community in a in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, but for me, you know, I have nothing but positive things to say about this man because he's done a lot for me. Yeah, he um, people people may not be aware of the story of how the Carolinas actually landed an NFL franchise to begin with. It, it was basically Jerry Richardson kind of, you know, strong arming this thing through uh, all the way back in 1987. Um, he basically started the process of trying to do this. The Hornets had just arrived in 88. Uh, but in 88, 89, Charlotte wasn't known as the, the banking capital of the East Coast or whatnot. It was built basically a, you know, a 400,000 population city in North Carolina. Like you didn't think they were going to be able to handle pro sports uh, back then. But he he saw a dream and, and pushed it through. Um, some of the things that we kind of take for granted or we don't think too much about, he kind of innovated the uh, the permanent seat license concept. Uh, the Panthers were the first to do that, where pan- fans yeah. pay up PSLs. get season yeah. tickets. Yeah, that that was able to uh, give them an influx of cash um, that they were able to use to build the stadium. Um, the 29th franchise awarded in the NFL, October 26, 1993, awarded to Jerry Richardson. Um, 
I wanted uh, Skyler. Did you have anything you want to add on uh, with the the passing of former owner uh, Jerry Richardson on Wednesday night? No, I mean I think Stu touched on it uh, beautifully. I mean he had he had firsthand interaction with them, had that relationship with them, and you know obviously I've only been covering the team for four years, so I, I don't really have much familiarity with him. But um, I do know that he his impact is felt on this community, like like Stu said, and. And to be honest with you, like if you really think about like how much an NFL franchise means, like I, I really don't think that Charlotte and and this is with all respect to Charlotte because I love Charlotte, but Charlotte would not be Charlotte today if it wasn't for the Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah, easily. Like, yeah, not even close. The the amount of money that's been brought into this region and past Charlotte, you know, when you get outside Concord, uh, all the areas are outside Charlotte that have grown over the past twenty years. These little uh, suburban neighborhoods on the outskirts of Charlotte, not just Charlotte, but into South Carolina, Rock Hill and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the, the Panthers are directly responsible for the revenue growth over the past 20 years of this region to the point where uh, it's looked at as a you know, sports town, uh, you know, now. So, and I think you can really give a lot of credit to that to Jerry Richardson um, and him bringing the Panthers through here. Uh, it is open mailbag Monday and uh, we do have comments coming in from uh, everybody checking in. Glad you guys were able to, uh, to hang out with us today. Hopefully you're able to go grab some lunch and check on what's going on with your Panthers. Today's episode, the one where David Carr shows up, of course, David Carr spoke with uh, General Manager Scott Fitter and Head Coach uh, Frank Wright at the Combine, I believe by phone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then I think they met again uh, while they were there. I went and got some audio from uh, both Scott Fitter and Frank Wright so we could play a little respond react to this. This is uh, Scott Fitter talking about uh, the initial meeting with uh, David Carr. It was, uh, you know, we talked to him on the phone before, and then we met with him last night. And uh, it's really kind of a get-to-know-you session. What are you looking for? Here's what we offer. This is what we're looking for. So it's kind of a feeling-out process. You know, we're not talking. We're not making any commitments. We're just going down that road. We're also going down the road of, uh, you know, the draft quarterbacks as well. You know, because of when free agency is right after the, the combine here, you have to go down multiple roads at the same time. And that's really our philosophy is to explore every option out there and get all the information, then make the best information. Once we have all those answers, what's best for the uh, Carolina Panthers moving forward? Initial thoughts on uh, Fitter's initial comment there about, I, I, I know everybody's waiting for us to say something about it. Uh, the Panthers got attached to Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I, I, I know y'all are waiting on that, <laughs> but we got to take a step back here. I wanted to play that audio first before we even address that, because he kind of answered the question in there. Right. I mean, they're basically just like leaving no stone unturned, right? Like they're looking at all options, which is what we wanted them to do. We didn't want them to come in with a narrow view of, of their dream of what to do. It almost sounds right. like they're open to everything. Like whatever you don't, you don't invest in a building without doing due diligence. Right. And so you gotta lift up every corner, every cornerstone, every little piece of rug that's in there, check the pipes, check the plumbing, check the electric, check the roof, all that HVAC, make sure it's good. Right. So that's really what we're doing right now. We we seeing, you know the the playing field the options out there on the table from every angle and i think this is you know the specialty right now we're seeing out of scott fitter 
Yeah. And I love it. I mean, I love the fact and I love the fact that he's he's pretty open about what they're doing. Like they're not hiding anything. They're not trying to yeah. be sneaky or anything like that. They're pretty much letting the, the fan base know, hey, yeah, we're talking to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Or we're trying to see what's up with Aaron Rodgers. That's a whole other story in itself. Uh, we're talking to Derek Carr. We're talking to, you know, we're talking to all these players. We might draft a quarterback. We don't know. So it, it's it's um it's refreshing. It's very refreshing yeah. to have a front office doing this because it's been a long time. Uh, even, you know, even with the Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, you know, regime, they weren't this open in terms of like explaining the game plan and what they're doing. And you can tell they're super excited about this coaching staff. They feel like he, he mentioned something earlier in this clip about having Jim Caldwell in the building is such an asset for if they decide to bring in whatever quarterback, because this dude has been with some of the greatest of all time and, and, and self mentor them. So they feel pretty comfortable whichever way they go. Um, you speaking- know what also this is too is like this time of year it's smokescreen season, right? Mm. So you got to kind of weed through everything to really figure out what's real and what's not, and it's hard to figure that out because, I mean, especially with Scott Federer, like a guy that's has clearly said multiple times that they're going to look at every deal. I mean, when a guy says that, it's kind of really hard to figure out what what is true, what's not. But I do know regardless of what they do with Derek Carr, whether they go and sign him or they don't, what this does is it's going to drive up the bidding price or, or, the, or the price tag, I guess you should say, for for other teams, specifically New Orleans, who is in your division. So if you're not going to sign them and you at least meet with them, you have extensive talks with them, maybe they come back around again. New Orleans sees that. They get more serious about it. They react, maybe overreact to that, and now they mm-hmm. offer their car more money. So – I mean, that's that's just a, a, a scenario that could play out. Now, they, they could be very serious about this, and I actually do think they are uh, because they – just like the coaching search, like we talked about, they literally, you know, went through a, a thorough search. They could have had that thing wrapped up in a week or two, and they said, no, we're going to look at every single possible – I mean, they interviewed nine guys yeah. and then came back for second interviews. So I, I think it's, it's good to be thorough with it, and I think really we'll have a very good idea – of what they're going to do at quarterback within the next week or so, because if you don't see anything moving with their tar free agency's coming up here in less than two weeks. So by that time they need to know, because if they don't sign car in this first wave of free agency, you know what their plan is. They're going to go draft a quarterback and maybe in the second wave of free agency draft or sign that bridge guy, like a Jacoby Brissett or Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me let me ask you this: When you talk about bridge quarterbacks uh, for both of you, how do you feel about Sam Darnold as the bridge quarterback? I'm fine with him. Fine with him. I think I am too, especially with these guys with him. This is this would be the most accomplished coaching staff that Sam Darnold's had in his yeah. NFL career. Uh, if I'm if I'm Sam Darnold, I'm what I would want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I see. Oh, y'all got Jim Caldwell in here. Oh, Josh McCown. Oh, 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 okay. Josh, okay. oh, Josh McCown. Somebody help me. Help me. Please help me. Uh, help me. <laughs> he's 25. He's 25 years old. I mean, it just – it feels like he's sitting right – it almost sounds like listening to them too that Sam is kind and of he like can, security. And he, can, and he can run too, bro. He can so, run like, wheels on him. He's – so if it's the skill set that Frank Wright wants. You know and he's not, like, he's not going to be expensive. He's not going to break the bank. Whereas these other, like Derek Carr to me is still a bridge quarterback. He's in his mid thirties, right? Like you're 31, going to him, he's 31. So he's in his, he's in his early thirties, but the rest of your team is in their mid twenties. Like you're going to have to replace him eventually in the next four or five years, as opposed to, 
drafting a guy, but you kind of almost have to fall in love with one of these quarterbacks enough to want to go up to get him because I don't know if you can really get yeah. what's really going to work at nine. Um, I don't really see. I don't really see Carr. I mean, Carr's a good quarterback. I mean, if they choose to go with him, I mean, they'll make it work because they got the coaching staff. Yeah. But as far as the things that I've heard about what Frank Wright wants out of a quarterback, Derek Carr, not much of a runner. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there's a lot that I see there that, you know, like that's you, if you want a security blanket, you want a security blanket that can come in and run the offense that you want to run. And here's the thing too. If you sign Derek Carr, you're going to have to sign him probably north of 35 million a year. Yeah. It's not like you're signing Aaron Rodgers or you're trading for Aaron Rodgers or you sign Tom Brady. Like this is Derek Carr. You can't, Let's, you can't forget that. You can't just completely use all of your cap space that you really don't even have at the moment for a guy that may or may not be the answer. To me, it makes more sense to go and draft that that guy and hope that you you hit on him and, and sign a guy that's going to be your bridge. Now, I mean, who knows? But the big question is, and I don't know how deep we're diving into the draft stuff today, but I actually did an article on it today. I want to get your guys' opinion. If they do sign Derek Carr, what's the plan at nine? Do you trade back? Do you stay put? And what do you do if you stay put? Ooh. To me, I'm getting like mm. Quentin Johnson, <laughs> TCU receiver. Like, um, or I, a vet. maybe I definitely, I, I definitely would want to go and get some playmakers. Yeah, um, and, you can and, trade and down, stack that up, bottom of the first, and yeah, because see, I'm still kind of like uh. I think I still would want to take a quarterback, even if they sign Carr, but I wouldn't take somebody in the first. I think I would actually, I'd go back to my original plan and draft him and Hooker in the second if I'm signing Derek Carr and let him sit. Uh, but that means Carr is your bridge quarterback, like him and Hooker is your guy. And I completely forgot about this really until I will, I made myself watch the two hour long NFL live yesterday because they were going through like all the quarterbacks and they, they, they teased uh, a Frank Reich segment and it was like, an hour and 45 minutes into the show <laughs> I had to sit there and watch the whole thing before they got to him. And then it was like for three minutes. I was like, oh man, I just sat here this whole time, but I learned some stuff. A, I forgot the best quarterback in uh, college football last year. It wasn't Bryce Young. It wasn't CJ Stroud. It was Hinton Hooker. Like he was the best quarterback in the whole season until he got hurt. And then we just kind of forgot about him, but he was on the way to winning the Heisman um, too. He's, I mean, when you have his age, which is a big he's 25. Problem. Yeah. You have his age and then that knee injury. That's going to scare a lot of teams off. Right. So he's willing to slip to the second. I mean, heck, he may slip to the third round. Get him the second or third. You know, I, I, if if we do sign a vet, I'd want to draft him and Hooker. And that way he can sit for a year, rehab, get right. And with the way modern medicine is, if he finally becomes a starter at age 26, he still could have a 10-year career, you know, like in the NFL and today's, uh, you know, now nowadays. So uh, Anthony Richardson would fit in that scenario, too. Yes, I was going to say that. Now that I, that's the only one I'd probably take at nine would be Richardson. And I saw some film of him yesterday too. There's a lot of intriguing ways they could go here, which is probably why Scott Fitter is looking so happy up here at the podium. Um, he actually he actually talked about uh, the idea of drafting a quarterback right here. You want to know In what? In the world, you always want to draft a quarterback, draft, develop, and then have that guy here for five, ten years. You want to have that consistency. It helps for many different reasons. You know the continuity on your roster for, for salary cap reasons. There's so many benefits to drafting and developing. That is the right route to go. Um, 
we'll see if we can get in a position where we get one of the guys we like. You know, is there a guy there in the second round? Is it, can we get up in the first round? Those are all the things we're exploring right now. But, yes, you're right. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to necessarily look at the uh, veteran route if you can't do that. But um, in an ideal world, you do want to draft. What were you about to say, Stu? Sorry about that. No, I was going to say um... – Shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll but, come uh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what I was going to uh, say. <laughs> no, uh, no, Richardson. I like Richardson. Anthony Richardson out of Florida. And, and and the reason why is because I like my coaching staff. Yes. Like, it's different, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird to say, like, but you – like just hearing what Fiddy just said, uh, you want to have consistency. And, you know, you look at Cam, and I'm not comparing Richardson to Cam. There's only one Cam Newton. But, like, you compare drafting a guy of that stature with that ability, and you build around that. You know what I'm saying? Especially with the mindset that Frank Reich has with his offense and the approach with the RPO and all that, you know, like he's a today. You build around that. Yeah. You build you build around that and you coach him up. Like, hey son, go out there. This is what you look at. This is what we read. This is your read. Make the throw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you know, make the, found- and make the right decision. NFL Live yesterday, one thing I did pick up, they were talking about Anthony Richardson, and uh, they said that numerous, pretty much to all of them, NFL scouts and coaches that have already interviewed Anthony Richardson have said that he's the smartest quarterback that they've interviewed out of this batch of quarterbacks that he's put together. Like, he, he, it's very uh, unknown how intellectually smart Anthony Richardson actually is, which when I heard that, I'm like, okay, that means we were sitting there looking at, like, he's just this big mold of clay that we could do something with. But if he can actually yeah. process stuff faster and he's going to be with a Frank Wright and a Josh McCown and a Jim Caldwell and he's going to have an offensive line in front of him with a run game and a and defense, and he's, back there, top top. he's yeah. going to come in with a thousand-yard receiver and DJ Moore. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a perfect scenario to just to parachute a guy in or to, or to have a Sam Darnold there with some kind of cohesion and you put Richardson in when he's ready or Hooker when he's ready or, or whatever it might be. You don't have to rush it, but I'm kind of leaning right. He shoots out of his hand. Richardson, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Tim Levis. I, I was down on Levis until I saw some film on him too. He, Will Levis, looks a little bit like Josh Allen to me, a little bit. Uh, the way he throws, he's not, he's not Josh Allen, but Josh Allen had the same kind of doubts when he came out too that people are dropping on Levis. And I keep seeing us attached to him, but he's the one that I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't think I. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Everybody's making too many excuses for Will Levis with with Richardson. Only thing I've the main thing I've heard is that people have watched this full games. Actually, Skylar, I think you said this that you've watched full Florida games and you came away unimpressed with Richardson. But uh, was that people around him? That's because he had college coaches, yeah. Was he the system he was running? (laughs) They were running some college type stuff (laughs) in Florida. So, last year, not this past season, 21, I watched him play South Florida. I know it's South Florida, but still, that that game to me is kind of where he got on my radar. Because, I mean, he was just lighting it up. I mean, this is when I don't even think he was starting. I think he was coming off the bench, and he he just ran up and down the field on that team. And 
I mean, I don't think it matter if it was South Florida or if it was a Power Five school. Like he was gonna get his yards that day. But his running ability, I'm telling you, like, and I still believe this. I've not seen anything like it since probably Lamar Jackson came out in terms of a running quarterback. Josh Allen can run, but I mean, he doesn't like wow you with it. You right. I mean, he's just a it's almost a necessity. Yeah, yes, Josh <laughs> Allen, a semi truck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got to make a business decision if you to tackle or not. The biggest Man. thing with him is consistency. Like, a lot of times when you watch his his tape, there's downfield throws. Sometimes not everything is all married together in terms of his arm action with his lower half and everything like that. That's a big problem. But it's not, like, it's not unfixable or not fixable. It's clearly something that can be tweaked. I mean, and, you, look at, you look at Josh Allen. Josh yeah. Allen came into the league yeah. and he had bad mechanics. And then a year goes by, he comes back and you know, a completely new quarterback. Well, let's put it, <laughs> this way. It's not like this is Tim Tebow coming out where he got that elongated. Oh, God. You know, I feel like he was throwing a chicken by its neck. Yeah. Like every time he would throw a football, it was crazy. I, we, ain't talking about, we ain't talking about Tim Tebow when it comes to football. We can talk about Tim Tebow and talk, <laughs> man, he's doing stuff in the community and all His that. ministry oh, and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 I don't want to talk about Tim Tebow. <laughs> he's got good mechanics. He really does. I think it's just sometimes they just get a little bit out of whack. But, again, it's – it's literally something that can be fixed with good coaching, and that's what the Panthers have. That's why I feel like for him personally, Carolina probably is the dream landing spot for him. For Richardson, yeah. And I'm starting to see a little bit attached to Because, again, I don't think they would just throw him out there, like Cam no, Newton style start first game. Like it, it wouldn't be set up like that. I think in that situation, you do bring back Sam Darnold. You do let him be the starter until Richardson overtakes him pretty much. Um, and in that instance, you don't give up anything. You're not giving up draft picks to move up for – and you're not spending a crap ton of money in, in a, in a $45 million or $58 million or whatever. The, the, the Aaron Rodgers ain't coming to Carolina, y'all, okay? Like, I know some of y'all worried about this. <laughs> I know y'all freaked out when it popped because I was in the car driving. And we're like, and the Carolina Panthers, I've inquired with Green Bay about it. I was like, what? Like, we don't even have any money. Like, what are we doing? We're just, we're just window shopping. That's I, all we're doing. We're just window shopping. That's what I'm confused with because I can't get any answer on if that's actually true or not. And from – the people that I've spoke to and trust, they don't they don't hear anything like that either. It's and it's weird because it came from Schefter, and yeah. I heard him say it again this morning on Sports Center. I'm like, so I mean, obviously he hears something, but I, I don't know why nobody else is hearing that. Mm. It's very odd. I've never really seen that before. You think maybe the Panthers just kind of put that out there just to kind of like you said earlier in the in the segment that you know they're just I letting mean, people know maybe they want to drive the price up because I think it was last week we were talking about what if Aaron Rodgers shows up in Tampa, you know, like oh, they just slot him in there. This could be something where maybe the Panthers caught a wind of that or hell, the whole division needs quarterbacks. I mean, what yeah. if he showed up in Atlanta? Atlanta actually has the cap room to to go get him if they wanted. I don't know why he would want to go there. There's no one to throw to. Um that, that's a stink fest, man. Yeah. <laughs> like they need a lot more uh than just uh Aaron Rodgers. And then like you were saying with Anthony Richardson, the comparison I keep hearing is that he's a – if Cam Newton and Justin Fields had a baby, it would be Anthony Richardson. And I'm like, ah. He's got, better, he's got a, a – let me put it this way, and, and I have to be very careful how I word this. Anthony Richardson is a better – or has a better arm than either of those two. But Cam Newton is a slightly better passer. In terms of when he came out of college, 
Wait, define better. Like you mean like stronger or like stronger arm, um, more zip on the ball, I would say a little bit, but it's it's not so much with the the accuracy is really the biggest thing. That's the biggest difference, I think, between Cam and AR coming out of college. Cam was completing balls a little higher percentage. Anthony Richardson, not so much. Now, is is he ever gonna be a better patcher than Cam? I don't know. I, I don't know. 60%. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a 58% kind of completion percentage type guy. Cam, that was my thought, too. Yeah. He probably lived around 60, I would say. He was right. I think last time I checked, he was like at 59.8 or something like yeah. that. Because the last like two years he had, he actually, uh, we had a different offensive coordinator. I can't remember his name now, but he was actually playing well. It was, um, that's the thing. Uh, like, when you, when you look at his, his mechanics and just the natural release of the ball. It's yeah. a natural throw with with Anthony Richardson. That's why I feel like if he goes to Carolina, gets that coaching and that development, he's going to have a chance to be very successful because it is just – it's fun to watch him throw the ball. It really is. I, mean, the, I feel like the biggest thing – the biggest difference in, in the pro at the pro level for a quarterback is understanding what's open, right? Yep. Like college open, you're like – Things like close. Hot. You can throw uh, yeah, things, things close. Yeah. Ball. College. Things yeah. are open for like ten, like two seconds. You know what I'm saying? At the, you know, on a, on a flat route, <laughs> like oh, he's open. But I'm gonna check over here for a second, and then I'm, I'm coming. Gonna, back. I'm gonna go back. Oh, he's he still open. open. <laughs> Look when you're crossing <laughs> the street, like each way. <laughs> At the pro level, if he's open, you better throw it. If that's your first read, he's open. Go, go. and that's go. why I was I was so happy to hear all of these scouts from different teams basically being wowed by how smart Anthony Richardson was compared yeah. to the other quarterbacks that they're looking at in the first round. Cause I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, well, actually that might push him up past where we can get him at nine before the set. Yeah, nine say, we might, might want to just go ahead and just stop talking about him. Like, yeah, we, so just, let's just, <laughs> we don't want Anthony Richardson. Like let's not even mention his name anymore. Ew, I got ew, ew, yuck, ew, we don't want him. <laughs> it's round great at best. <laughs> yeah, with all that said, I think he um he'll be yeah, you know, maybe maybe a, a practice squad guy. So uh, look, so head coach Frank Wright also spoke to uh the media at the combine this week also, and he actually talked about uh what we're talking about here, the idea of a bringing in a veteran quarterback as opposed to um going the rookie route. Here's uh head coach Frank Wright. It's a great question, and it's one that right we're talking a lot about right now. Uh, there's the value, the value of the veteran and the leadership and the proven commodity and all that kind of stuff. And how does that fit with the team in the locker room? What's the you know versus taking a young guy and uh, you know doing something in the draft and, and building it from there? Those are those are all things that need to be discussed. They all need to. There are intangibles and there are tangible, you know, there's things that you can quantify, things that you can't quantify. So you just, we work together to talk through those things. Thoughts on uh, the process. I I love the fact that the process is so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Thorough. Um, Thorough. Yes. Thorough. They're, they're doing their their due diligence. Like Stu said at the very beginning, like they, they're not just assuming they're the smartest guys in the room. Like they're talking to everybody looking at all angles, but you kind of catch a vibe from them that they kind of know what they want. Like, you know, they might be putting all this stuff out to, to Skyler's point. It's smoke signal time though. In the NFL, you kind of get a vibe that they kind of know who they want and they're narrowing down 
who they want. And it feels like we're going for a quarterback in this top 10 of this draft. They might trade up for one. My, my fear is that they catch some tape of Bryce Young because I actually saw some of him yesterday and was like, oh, he's actually <laughs> – oh, he's little. He ain't like Kyler Murray where Kyler Murray is running around like trying to get to the edges and throw the ball. Yeah. He stays in the pocket. And mm-hmm. it was an excellent point they made yesterday when I was watching NFL Live where he's been the same size his whole life. You know, like he's been playing quarterback his whole life at this size and he doesn't – He's used to the deep dropbacks and all that stuff that he's had to do. He's been doing it since high school. So it's not like something he's going to have to learn when he gets to the NFL. Plus, two, it's not like we're playing in 1985. Like, we don't have to worry about the dude getting, like, rushing sickled or whatever back there. Like, there's so many rules to not hit the quarterback. You really only can hit him from here to here <laughs> at this point now. So the worry about him getting injured, he's never been hurt from Pop Warner to Alabama. My biggest concern, though, is last year, you know, really, like, let me just start off by saying this. I believe my man can get to the league and be successful. But one of the things that he's going to have to deal with is batted down passes, right? Mm-hmm. We saw yeah. it throughout the whole league last year. We saw it with the Panthers, uh, with Baker Mayfield, like, it's just one of those things, the ball trajectory coming from down below, lower, because he's smaller and whatnot. Like, that's a that's an issue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, like if, if you want your team to have rhythm and consistency, like, and, and, and try to win games, if you're the Carolina Panthers, for me, like, I don't want to deal with that learning curve. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so that's the biggest thing for me is like, like he's a great, great talent, but the NFL guys are getting smarter. Like, oh, I can't get to you? Well, I'm going to just bat your pass down. I'm going to mm-hmm. time it up. Hopefully I can get an interception. <laughs> and I was looking for that in the film I was watching of him. And, uh, A, you know, he's got Alabama offensive line in front of him, the, one of the best college football every year. So he had a little bit of that luxury uh, there. But he's throwing – Hit the main spot he was hitting is the middle of the field, like right there in the flat, like 10 yards out. Like that's his sweet spot. But in the NFL, if that's you can make money right there. Like if you can get there consistently without getting yeah. batted down or intercepted or whatever, and you're very accurate, he throws guys open. Like he throws them open pro style, like very short yeah. window. Um, the only other quarterback his height to be drafted number one overall, to my knowledge, is Kyler Murray. And I have a feeling – that if we have another mediocre type season from Kyler Murray, Arizona is going to be moving off of him too. So they just gave him all that money. Ugh. Very, he's now he's got torn ACL too. Like he's not even ready for the start of the year. New coaching staff. Mm. God, Arizona. Mess. There's a lot of craziness out there. But uh, I don't know. Uh, old school Panther fan said it was a great point. Fitter said on the Adam Gold show, this might be the last year we're in the top 10 of the draft. It might be the best chance to trade up. That's an excellent point, too. People got to keep in mind. I thought I think I saw somebody earlier uh, in the comment section saying that they wanted uh, uh, Drake May uh, next year from Carolina. Right. And I, yeah, I'm let you know right now. This team is too talented to get Drake May next year. Like we ain't going to be picking top five, yeah. top three or whatever. Drake May is going to probably be the number one quarterback off the board next year. Uh, if he has another good year and we can't, I don't understand that mentality of play, of fans going like basically just willing to punt seasons for one player 
14 months from now. Like they're, they look at it almost like it's Madden. Like, you know, why don't we just uh, forget Jimmy. the players' livelihoods and the guys that are playing on this team and, you know, the, the workers and everybody else in the stadium. Why don't we just not win <laughs> next year so we can draft Drake May next year and then put him with all our people? It don't work that way. Like it just and put, aren't y'all tired of that? Aren't y'all tired of waiting like every year for the next thing? And then we do this <laughs> like every time the draft comes around. I don't know about this guy. I don't know what that guy. What about this guy? Like It's going to be the same thing next year if we're in the same spot. This team, this defense is too good. The offensive line is too good. Just, like, they just, got think, too about, just think about Scott Federer's approach to free agency every year. He goes and gets what the team needs in free agency. So that way in the draft, they can just take the best player available. So you got to keep that in mind. But I think it also, in, in years like this, where it's, it's kind of becoming very clear, like they need to take a guy at quarterback in the draft. If you address your needs in free agency, this roster is pretty much just waiting for a young quarterback, right? So if you're not, if this is your chance, why not use that draft capital? Give every take everything San Francisco gave you in that Christian McCaffrey trade, or at least most of it, and move on up to go get your guy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on a rookie contract, and you've already taken care of your needs. So if you don't have a second, third round pick, then it doesn't matter because yep. you've already filled those needs at either receiver, tight end, or cornerback, or whatever. I I totally agree. Like people got to people are always like we need to hold on to our picks. We need to do that, this, that, and the third. We we're, we're we're skipping over the fact that last week we we raved over this coaching staff that they have put together. How many people, by a show of hands in the class today, believe the Panthers are going to be below five hundred next year just off the strength of the coaching staff they brought in? Like, and what we already know is here. I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Like, I was picking them to go eleven five last year, and Matt Rule was still here. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like they got too much talent to just. The division is a, a dumpster fire. Like, we're in the yeah. best position money-wise, talent-wise, coaching-wise to make a move right now. Like, it, they, they could do it right now. This whole wait three years, four years thing is – you don't have to do that in the NFL. You can flip a team in a year, literally now. Is it a bold statement to say that P.J. Walker would win this division? With these coaches? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Right now, with the, right <laughs> now, with right now, where everyone else, well, right I mean, now, yeah, right now. So I'm thinking around like Kyle Trask in Tampa, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, James Winston. Well, PJ's not coming back, by the way. But I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah, 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 PJ's definitely, I, in my mind, I think he would probably be. I don't know, the second best quarterback in the division, as it stands yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. And that just shows you the division, you know, where it is going to be going into next year. We're going to be too good, man. We're going to be too good to be worrying about next yeah, we're year. Gonna be, draft we're going to be in the playoffs, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I can't see it any other way. This staff doesn't seem like it's built to wait a year or two. Like, they don't have to do that with the roster that we have. Uh, Carolina Pride actually mentions Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey projected cap casualties. This defense would be insane. Give a young quarterback extra possessions. Some of those guys have connections to some of these coaching uh, guys on the staff. Um I've thought of that too. Like they could, if something we mentioned with this staff, you're going to get guys like Khalil Mack or Jalen Ramsey or others. They're going to look at Carolina now and be like, oh, they some got more, they some got more realistic targets. Think of Yannick Ngakwe, who played with uh, or for Frank Reich in Indy. And I also wouldn't count out maybe a James Bradbury return. Mm. 
Hey, Andrew, man, we weren't trying to roast you, Andrew. It's just, hey, it's just, you come in an open mailbag, man. You might catch a spray. <laughs> <laughs> like, you throw something out there, everybody can see. We're going to pull it up. Uh, you, ask the other guys in the room. They know that everybody in there has probably had one or two that they put up that we saw. I'm like, mm. <laughs> put it up and just had to dissect it. But it's all good, Andrew. We appreciate you being in here today. Um, Coach yeah, Andrew, right. I, Andrew, I wasn't saying nothing bad about you. <laughs> we didn't say nothing about you, about him. It was it was the idea. We, of, we don't control it. It's all good. <laughs> the um he uh Reich also mentioned basically what we're talking about here that uh pretty much everything is on the table. Yeah, I mean every option is on the table at this point. Every option, you know, moving up, moving back, signing a free agent. Every option is on the table. I mean, it has to be. You have to, you know, this is a huge decision. And it would be malpractice not to really vet through every one of those decisions. What's the impact? What are the unintended consequences? You have to think through all that. And um, that's that's where we're at right now. It, again, it's so refreshing to hear. Malpractice. That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> he, he means it, too. Like, it, it would be ridiculous of us not to, to look at this or look at that or look at third. So when you hear the Panthers are kicking the tires on Aaron Rodgers or or, or – trying to get Tom Brady out of retirement or whatever is going to come down the pipe in the next couple of weeks that we're going to get attached to, because it sounds like we're going to get attached to a lot. Just keep in mind, they have a plan. They're just throwing out a whole bunch of word salad so that you don't know yeah. what the plan is, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of They're going to draft a quarterback, aren't they? They're going to draft a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Like, it feels oh. like that's what they want. Now, which one it is, I have no idea, because um, they got enough to move up to one. Uh when the Rams moved up for Jared Goff, they traded two ones, two seconds, and I think two thirds. We could do that if we really wanted to uh, for Bryce Young to move up, but and, they, and then they traded him to the Rams to uh, Detroit. Uh, yeah, Detroit for Matthew Stafford uh, and a bag of peanuts, pretty much. But Jared Goff ain't a bad quarterback. You just actually, you know what? I wonder if the Rams regret that. Well, they got a ring out of it, but look at them now. Like going forward, Stafford has half a shoulder. Uh, I don't know. Golf might have been the long-term solution. Like if they just, yeah, golf had a had, golf was efficient last year too. Yeah, played really um, well for the Lions. Played um, really well. So, um, but there's a lot of stuff they could do at nine. They could stay there. Uh, Kenfolk uh, NC says stay at nine. Grab Anderson. Grab Hooker and another quarterback than wide receiver. Uh, they've got options. They don't have like last year. We were like they need offensive line. <laughs> they need offensive line. I don't, we don't want to hear anything else. The quarterbacks in this draft or kind of eh, weaning off with the line and we went out and got one um yeah. but this year it's kind of more wide open they can play with the the skill positions a little bit they can go get a quarterback they this is the year they can really go like shopping and and fill in the gaps on some of the stuff in the roster um so i'm excited i think that i honestly think that if somebody takes i think it's stroud i think stroud's the one they really want and if he's gone by like pick five I could see him staying at nine and and drafting Richardson. Not actually, um, and if they don't say like Jalen Carter falls to nine, do you take Jalen Carter at nine after everything that's been going on with him in the news this week? I, I don't know that answer now, but maybe in a month when we get all the details. Yeah, you know, yeah. My thing with the, the whole quarterback thing is like you can't wait. So like if if CJ Stroud is your guy, I don't care if you have to go up to player number one to go get him. You got to go get him. Don't don't let anybody else take him and just sit there and hope he falls in your lap. So yeah. 
that's the case, you got to go get him. If you believe Anthony Richardson, or if you're not convicted on CJ Shroud and you're like, okay, well, we can maybe go Anthony. If he's there, we may consider Anthony Richardson. That's a different story. But if you have, but what if, I got a question though. If Anthony, if he, if AR 15 go out there and show out, and then all of a sudden his everybody start talking different, you might have to. To trade up to get him, if you if you fall in love yeah. with him, go get him. And, and that's yeah. the thing Scott's been saying. Like if you're convicted on a guy, yeah. why why sit there? And he's go. got the ammo. Like he's got the ammo this year to actually do it. From where they're starting at nine to get up anywhere in those spots ahead, it feels like Tepper's giving them the green light to be like, I don't care. <laughs> like whatever you guys decide to do. I'm with it. That's why go get me the best. So I don't have to oversee you guys. And then I'm going to trust your judgment. Like if you think we need to trade up five spots to go get CJ Stroud, you think he's your guy for your offense and the guys you got in here. I trust the process. Go, go do it. So it feels like he's got, if they want it, they can go do it. But it also feels like if those guys are off the, the board, say Levis Stroud young are all gone by the time we get to nine and Richardson's still sitting there. Do you take him at nine? Do you do you do you wait? Do you, I mean, it, it, but say he wasn't our guy. Like say we wanted one of those my, other three. My prediction would be is if they don't sign Derek Carr, they're they're trading up because you can't afford to sit there at nine and risk the top four quarterbacks being off the board before you even get a chance. And a quarterback because if that happens, yeah. then you're in the exact position you were last year, where you had Sam Darnold, and then you made a late move to get Baker. You can't do that. I'm going to pull up the uh, – now, this might change, of course, but as it stands right now, uh, the NFL draft order, um, I need to pull up the top ten because I'm curious how many of these teams uh, are actually in need of a quarterback. That's another thing, too, um, because – Well, like a team like Seattle is interesting because they don't need a quarterback, but they have two first-round picks. Hmm. Before you give us this information, Desmond, let me tell you why I'm mad. Oh, ooh. hold on now. I wasn't even ready. <laughs> he just comes because I gotta I gotta get out of here in a minute. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. Why are these D linemen running 4-4, 4-4-8, 4-5, 4-5-2, 4-4-3? Four three nine four seven four 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 eight four six six four six six four six five. These edge rushers, bro. Like, like Whoa. these these D linemen edge rushing. Freaking son of the guns. <laughs> four four seven. Yazir Abdullah. Uh, four five one. Yeah yeah. Diaby. Diaby. Yeah yeah. That's gonna be parents out there naming them all kind of stuff these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come here, yeah, yeah. Uh he can run. He can run though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He can run. <laughs> Popo nine, Northwestern. Uh a detam a detam a <laughs> hey man, we're gonna call him uh double A from Northwestern, man, a 449. I mean, these guys are moving, these guys are moving, fella. And then interior, interior D line, okay, 067, okay, 
Kalija Kansi. Uh, <laughs> Kalija, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these guys are moving, fella. Why are they moving so fast? Tell me why. Technology, man. Twenty twenty three, like just upgraded everything. I get. I don't know. Like buddy, buddy, <laughs> buddy, coming off the edge, chasing me down out the gate as a rookie. You got and like a I'm, second and a half. <laughs> to yeah, figure yeah. out what, what yeah, was KK, like, what was KK shorts forty when he came out? I mean, that it has under, it, it was under five. It was I think it was like four eight KK, hmm. yeah, and that was considered like super fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for his size too, though, like that is yeah. moving. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious to see what Pep's forty was because you know Pep was playing basketball. He was playing, you know, he he was very athletic. I'd be curious to see if he even ran the forty. I'd be curious to see what that was. Um, before Chris Cosen says they didn't have to drink hose water, they had alkaline water growing up. That's why. See, that's what <laughs> it is, so huh? Fast. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Pep, Pep ran a four six eight. Four six eight. How big is yeah. he though? Like he he's pretty ginormous. He, yeah, he, that's a lot of he, man. He, he, at Greek, at yeah, Julius, Julius Peppers is what we call a uh, Greek god size. <laughs> Adonis, like <laughs> he probably, he probably was a four 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 five. I could see that pretty easy, and that's at what yeah. two ninety or whatever he was playing at two eighty five. Well, um, it says four, four four six eight, but when he was chasing Mike Vick down, he was running four three. Yeah, it wasn't no four six eight. He was, <laughs> <laughs> Vick was running what four four two nine or whatever. So that's like, crazy. yeah. Um, real quick before we get out of here, though, I just wanted to look at the the top of the draft. Bears have Fields. The Texans need a quarterback. Uh, we just mentioned the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, would they go be. quarterback there with a new co- coach? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. The Colts they might. The Colts need a uh, quarterback. We just talked about Seattle. Uh, if they let, actually, is Gino no, free agency? They need, they, yeah, they need to sign Gino. Yeah, so they could go that route. I, that's who I think would go after Anthony Richardson. Would be Seattle. Like they seem so? like. Yeah, they seem like the ones that would take a chance on him at five. So you you telling me they're gonna be like, sorry, Gino, thanks for everything you did this past I, year. I mean, depending <laughs> on, I mean, we got free agency before the draft, so they'll know by the time they I get mean, to the draft. That, that, would be, that would be another good situation where he could sit behind Gino for two years. Yeah, yeah. So I could see them maybe getting Gino on like a two-year yeah, Gino, Gino I'm hot. or something. Yeah. I'm hot if I'm Gino. Man, nah, this is my show. This is my TV show. And I'm still sitting here. Um, Detroit, they, they've got Jared Goff. The Raiders need a quarterback. Uh, literally, we just mm-hmm. talked to the quarterback. They just kicked out. Um, uh, and then Atlanta, they need one. We need one. And then Phil, it makes me sick that Philly has a top 10 draft pick <laughs> right now. After what we just watched them do, and they're going to pick 10th. And you know them. They might trade up and go after somebody just to cause disruption and chaos. Like, that's kind of their thing. <laughs> that's what Unless they do. you want to see the sides of the list to me and go get Lamar, they they, they can trade up. <sighs> we hadn't spoke about Lamar yet today. Um, and I know Stu got to get out of here. We'll save it for next week because, like, next week I think we really can get into the veteran side of this. That's another reason why I'm mad. I'll tell oh. you why I'm mad about that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Listen, Baltimore, don't go down this road. Pay this <laughs> <his> money. <laughs> Pay this man his money and get on uh, get on about your business. Because you, right now what you're doing is you're showing your locker room that you ain't really that serious about your players. Every day. Okay? Every, every day. day. Mm. Every day. <laughs> Isn't there a song about every day? 
Anyways, <laughs> Lamar Jackson needs to get paid. Like they ain't nothing, ain't nothing about it. Okay, just like just, he got hurt last good. year. Y'all weren't treating him right. He felt some type of way. Like y'all need to make up, kiss up, kiss and make up, man. <laughs> they got they got a little bit of time, but I think the franchise tag has to be out. When's the deadline for that, uh, Skyler? It's coming up, isn't it? Uh, right around the corner. It was either, I think it's Monday. This upcoming Monday, like they, so they got told they got the weekend to figure this out, and if they don't figure this out by Monday, and they drop that tag on him, and he didn't want it, or they decide not to use it, which would be stupid, we'll we'll have that to talk about next week because we're gonna have, whatever Baltimore does will be a domino effect, and of course uh, whatever Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers do will be a domino effect. Derek Carr ain't going nowhere until all that's resolved, so he might as well just sit down until I have it right here. The March eighth. Um, March 8th. No, 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 no. Let me take that back. It, that's the deadline. So it must be done prior to 4 p.m. on March 8th. That's Wednesday. That's next Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. and we'll be back at the end of the week. So we'll have all of that um, uh, when we come back next Friday. Uh, we're on Fridays uh, during the off season. I know Stewie, I got to hear. Skyler, got right, all things you got to do. Um, we're going to go ahead and get out of here right now. Presented by Bet Online uh, and the Believe Podcast Networks. You've been watching the Believe and Panthers podcast. Keep handling. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.